Hi, this is Karen Heimdall, and this is my report from the Podtales Festival for the Audio Drama Hub podcast. Podtales was the festival of audio drama and fiction podcasting that took place yesterday, for me, <laughs> on the 20th of October at the Lunder Arts Center at Leslie University in Cambridge, Massachusetts, USA. And it was absolutely free. They say on their website that it's the first annual festival, which sounds good to me because that means they will hopefully come back. They also say that they hope to expand it to two days and a larger space in the future. So that is very exciting to look forward to as well. The festival was organized by Alexander Danner, Jeff Andreessen, and Amanda McColgan, along with a slew of other people. And they are from Greater Boston, What's the Frequency, and Take the Math Pike. And it was an enormous event. There were so many people. So, I knew that I had a small part of a table coming in, but somehow I thought that I would anyway be able to walk around and talk to people and grab sound bites during the day. That actually didn't happen. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Michael and Karim and Audio Drama Hub for that, but I decided to give you something else instead. So, what I am going to give you today is my takeaways from my very first time running a table at a convention, definitely, and an audio drama festival for sure. So, what I did that worked and what I did that really didn't, and what I saw other amazing people do that I thought was cool. But first, I just want to set the scene a little bit. The Podtails Festival had two main components. The exhibit hall, which was enormous and spread out over various rooms and then uh, also programming and the programming consisted of panel discussions workshops and featured guest spotlights i very sadly didn't get to see much of the programming uh, i will talk more about why in a little bit but the exhibit hall is where i'm going to stay i think for this talk with you so, uh, as you walked into this amazing building, uh, it's an industrial-looking building with lots of concrete and lots of exposed pipes and enormous ceiling height. Beautiful, I think, because I like concrete. Uh, you walked in and the featured guests had their tables right there, so shows like The White Vault, Vast Horizon, uh, Janice Descending, The Penumbra, Alba Salix, and Lots of others that I can't think of right now. And so that was really amazing. And then there was upstairs where the programming rooms were for the panels and the interviews. And then as you walked down the stairs, you came into the main exhibit hall, which was called Mount Absalom. And that was probably the noisiest part of the exhibit hall. But it was also the busiest, of course, because the visitors, once they were done with the entrance level, they sort of flowed down the stairs and it was just so many people and so many amazing things in there. Uh, as I walked down, the very first table that greeted me was the radio drama revival table and uh, I will get back to them in a little bit. But from there you could go into various exhibitors rooms such as uh, the dog park in Station Blue in Grover's Mill. I was in the Cavatica. And that made me very, very happy because I'm a huge girl in space fan. And in the Cavatica, I was in the company of 
so many amazing people and shows. Uh, the Ostium Network with all of their shows, uh, Manifestation, Circe, the Ostium Podcast, of course, Oz9, uh, Arca45672, and then there was me, Y2K, sharing a table with amazing Sage and Savant, and then we had uh, the Viridian Wild, and then we also had the UK shows, which uh, were very coordinated and had Two lovely tables representing so many shows. Uh, Perquillo Papers, The Orphans, The 1237, Victoriosity, Wooden Overcoats, We Fix Space Junk, Rusty Quill and their shows, uh, Diary of a Space Ar Archivist, and I probably missed one, and I'm so sorry. Uh, and also Mothers and Others. So that was our room, and it wasn't quite as busy as the Mount Absalom room, but we also had slightly better ventilation. So, as you know, there you go. Right, so now I'm in the room, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a festival report and tell you about running a table for the very first time for me, and what was that like, and what worked, and what didn't. Uh, I have a list of 15 takeaways of various kinds, and I'm going to go through them one by one. So first, just some general things. Look like your picture, the picture that you have online. Uh, I learned this because the day before Podtails, I was at the White Vault in Liberty, uh, the Fool and Scholar Productions live show, which was incredible. And for that, I happened to have my hair down, and I happened to wear the exact same scarf that I wear on my Twitter picture. So a lot of people recognized me and said, you look just like you do online. And then for the actual podtails, I put my hair up because I was going to be running around and sweating all day, and I didn't wear a scarf because I wanted people to see my t-shirt with my uh, show logo on it. And then a lot of people said, oh, I didn't recognize you. You don't look like your picture. So that made me think, all right, even little tiny things like that actually matter. Uh, and next time, I'm going to be trying to look like my picture. Also, I got a pro tip from my friend Eddie Louise of Sage and Savant. She had her picture on her business card, which I think is just genius. Uh, because then people will recognize you, and if you talk to someone and they take your card, and later when they look through their stack of papers and flyers and things, uh, they will hopefully have a better chance of remembering who you were and the conversation that you had if they can see your picture. So I thought that was really clever and would work well with the look like your picture thing. Number two, and this is probably my most important takeaway of the entire thing, the self-care. I, I failed. I failed miserably at self-care during the day. And I'll just have to admit that, and I think many people, probably most people, did much, much better than I did. So kudos to them, and please don't do what I did. Which was, I showed up at 8 o'clock in the morning to set up, and then I stayed in the building until after 6 p.m. when we packed up. I didn't go outside, even for a minute, which was silly. I didn't go sit in any of the uh, quiet spaces that the amazing organizers had set up. I didn't go sit in the green room. It was just, it was just not good. And I think part of that is I hadn't really thought it through. 
So, you know, uh, next time I'm going to think that through and organize my breaks and actually have lunch. Oh, this was incredible. The volunteers, who were all amazing and fantastic, the volunteers of Podtails walked around with baskets at, you know, intervals with fruit and snacks and yogurt and stuff like that. And so I just kept grabbing that and grabbing water and sort of, you know, grazing throughout the day, uh, which was really good, but that doesn't get you full. It just gets you not hungry. And it doesn't actually give you any kind of break, you know? Also, I shared my bit of a table, as I said, with Sage and Savant, so there were two of us, which is amazing. Having a table mate who can talk up your show if you're not there, uh, which is definitely what we did for each other. I know that so many others did that as well. But also, the whole point of that is to give each other breaks, which is something we didn't do that much because we both sat there quite a lot of the time. For me, I think I think it was a little bit of FOMO, to be honest. I didn't want to miss talking to the folks showing up at our table. But, you know, you can't be chained to your table by FOMO. And so that goes to my next point, which is when I did leave my table, a break is not walking around at all the other tables. That is a wonderful thing to do. But that is networking and talking to people and finding out about other amazing shows and, and being a fan, which is so lovely. But that is not taking a break. So what I did is sort of said, oh, I'm going to take a break now. And then I walked around at all the other tables, which was so incredible, but it was not taking a break. Next time, I will schedule time for food and for quiet and also schedule some time away from my table for doing, you know, those quick social media updates. Because, you know, those don't take long. But I kept getting interrupted by lovely people who wanted to talk to me, which was amazing. And then that took me away from whatever social media update I was doing. And then that meant it took a long time. And I got frustrated and lost my track. Okay, so that was point number two. That is my most important takeaway of all. Okay, the next one ties in with this. There was not nearly enough time to talk to everyone I wanted to talk to or to meet everyone I wanted to meet. I missed out on connecting with people in shows, and that hurt my heart. But that is just the way it is. I sort of felt like I did at my own wedding. When I'd invited all these lovely people, and all I did was sort of wave at them. (laughs) And I didn't have a chance to talk to them. Not that my wedding was anything like the size of this, of course. But it was a lot of, you know, I really want to hang out with all these people. And none of us have time to do that for more than, you know, a minute or so. Also, there was not nearly enough time to do everything I wanted to do at Podtails. As I said, I hadn't strategized properly. I was like, I'm going to go to a panel probably. Oh, I don't know. Oh, whoops. I'm going to have a table now. What am I going to do? When am I going to have time to do all the things? And of course, you know, time is limited and that somehow I have to be okay with that. So, yeah. Okay. Number four. The audio drama fiction podcast community is so wonderful on Twitter on social media in general, like the Audio Drama Hub Facebook group, for example. 
so warm, so friendly, so welcoming, so enthusiastic about everyone's creations, so helpful. And, you know, folks who are not part of it tell me that Twitter is a horrible place where everyone's negative. And I sort of put my head to one side and I sympathize and then I go back to my happy audio drama Twitter bubble, which is basically like just one big hug. Now, I hadn't thought of this, but of course, when all these wonderful, positive, creative folks gather in one place, oh, it was, it was just magical. So many smiles, so many happy people, and so many generous folks truly interested in each other's work. It was amazing, and also a little overwhelming. I think I'm still processing some of that wonderfulness. Right, so then I have quite a few points on just practical stuff that I thought about that uh, you can think about if you want uh, when you're running a table. I already said this. Number five is, if you can, don't be just one person. Have a table mate so you can take turns. And I've already said that we didn't do this enough. But on the other hand, uh, Eddie Louise may be one of very few people at the entire festival that I managed to have a conversation with that lasted longer than two minutes. So, you know, if you choose your table mate well, you can also have a really good time with them. Uh, I sure did. Number six, one of those things that you may not think about, most people did, but not really everyone, uh, bring a tablecloth if you can. It can be more or less anything, paper or whatever. Whatever you bring is usually going to be nicer than whatever table you're given. Okay, number seven, have enough of the thing that has your contact details on it. Bring loads of that. Uh, you know, your flyer or your business card or your postcard for your show or whatever that thing is. I saw some people run out and, you know, that is really frustrating. You can run out of your stickers uh, or your badges or the things you're selling. Hopefully, you're going to run out of the things you're selling, but really make sure you have enough of the thing that has your contact info on it, because that's the one you're going to want to stick in everybody's hand. And also, it was wonderfully organized so that the festival goers were given earbuds as they came in the door, and also so that we at each table had splitters so that many people could listen at the same time. However, at least in our room, and our room was not as noisy as Mount Absalom, we couldn't get the volume loud enough in the earbuds to be heard over the din. So I would suggest doing what our lovely table neighbors, uh, ARCA45672, did. They brought a little, uh, a nice little stand and some overhead earphones that worked so much better. Uh, many others did that as well, of course, but you know, I'm going to do that next time <laughs> because it can be really noisy and you want people to be able to listen, you know, if they're interested. It's a shame if they can't. Right, number nine, very important. Have your pitch ready. You know, the elevator pitch for your show or your thing. I had thought it through okay. I didn't quite have it ready. It worked. But also make sure it is fairly focused and not too long so you don't bore people. And also, maybe even more importantly, because people aren't that easily bored. They're nice. They're going to listen to you. But... You're going to bore yourself if it's too long and convoluted because you're going to say it so many times and you need to be able to be enthusiastic about it every time. 
So, you know, uh, practice that uh, more than I did and don't make it too long. I actually lucked out here uh, because I brought the character art for my three leads on three separate flyers and then I had some Swedish candy and chocolate stuck to them. And so having those on my table meant I had a visual aid. I could sort of point to the characters as I was talking about them. And I think that helped plant the story a little bit better in the mind of uh, whoever I was talking to, but also made me get less lost as I was telling it. So that was just a lucky thing for me, but I would definitely do that uh, next time too. Okay, and yes, number 10. When I've been to conventions or festivals, like, you know, this kind of huge thing before, a lot of the time people will just grab one of everything that's free and then run off. And almost kind of be rude or, you know, sneak in and just grab some candy or a pen and sneak out. This crowd, audio drama festival visitors, at least at Podtails, they were so polite. They weren't really taking anything unless I gave it to them, most of them. Well, some did. Thank you to those who did. But so what I experienced was that I had to tell them to grab things or, you know, hand it over and say, here, do you want a flyer? And also just be very open about the fact that all of my stuff happened to be free. So that is something to, you know, just think about. And then number 11, when you're sitting at a table, even in a really amazingly friendly, lovely space like Podtails, it can still be nerve-wracking to be a visitor and walk up to someone. So, you know, what I try to do is smile and catch people's eye. Just a tiny little thing that I did, but it worked for me so many times. So, yeah. Oh, and number 12, have something to take notes on. Anything, a notebook or your phone or something. Because I got told these amazing things, like, send me your promo, I will air it. (laughs) And that's the kind of thing I really wanted to keep track of, of course, because uh, people are lovely, and I want to do that. So I didn't have a notebook. I started taking notes on my phone, you know, because if many people say these wonderful things to you, you're not going to remember it. You're not going to remember which show it was or what person, and you're going to get a loss. So write it down. Also, you know, you could just have a pen and write it on their flyer or their business card or whatever. Uh, but just have a system for taking notes on things because you're going to need it. Number 13, and oh, this is a lovely point. I saw so many cool examples of this. I'll just run through a few of them. If you can, you know, have a gimmicky thing that makes people want to come over and check it out. Like one of our table neighbors, the Viridian Wild, had a unicorn skull and also some, you know, lifelike stuffed animals because that show is all about weird and wonderful beasts. And that made people stop and, you know, pet the unicorn and uh, talk to him. Talk to Davis, the creator, not the unicorn. Uh, Not that I saw anyway. Uh, Also, the How I Died folks had rubber feet with fake blood on them sticking out from a sheet, and one of them was dressed in a white doctor's coat, and it was freaky, and it was cool, and it made me want to talk to them. Uh, Relativity had this beautiful display stand that blinked, which I thought was just really cool, Uh, though uh, Lee Shackelford of Relativity commented that he'd been afraid beforehand it would be too garish. And then he saw it in the exhibit hall and he thought it just disappeared and needed loads more blinking lights for another time. Costumes work well for this. Uh, my friends of Oz9 all wore bright orange jumpsuits, which made a lot of sense with their silly space romp comedy. 
and the lovely Emma Brown of Husk wore eyeshadow to match their logo, uh, which was completely beautiful. Even better, of course, if you can make it interactive. The lovely folks of whichever path had one of those gumball machines that you see in grocery stores, and you got a little bubble out of it, which had a sticker and your fortune in it. Uh, and that was so fun to spin and get your little bubble. Uh, my fortune was cling, clingy, cling, cling, I think. <laughs> yeah. So now I know. Also, the radio drama revival folks had a spinning wheel. Uh, where you could spin for a genre and then you would get a personalized recommendation of a podcast within that genre. And that was just so cool. I was recommended Supermarket Matters, which I had never heard about. It's uh, a Welsh comedy show from 2011-12. And I've now listened to one episode and it is hilarious. So I am thrilled with that recommendation. Okay, just two final points. When I did walk around the exhibit hall, I got a little intimidated and overwhelmed. You know, so many people, so many shows, so many creators that I admire. It was very tempting to only talk to people I already knew or kind of creep back into the safe haven of my table in the Calatica. But uh, I did buckle up and I did go talk to some of my heroes and told them how much I love their work. Like Arden, for example, I walked up there and I said, I love your show. And then I just felt like a tongue-tied fangirl. <laughs> but it was fine. And uh, I got to listen to an amazing song from their upcoming season. So that was really nice. Okay, that was all about the actual festival of Podtails and my takeaways. My final takeaway and number 15 is what happened afterwards. The takeaway is, if you can, socialize before an event like this, not the night of, because we went out to dinner afterwards, I think probably about 15 of us, and these were each and every one of them was a person that I was really looking forward to talking to, and they are all wonderful, and I had so many things I wanted to say to them, and you know, mostly we just sat there. And we were tired, and we couldn't really make the most of that socializing. So while it was really nice, it was a lesson learned, you know? If you can get your socializing happening before an event like this, when you still have your energy, that is much better. And I did go to the exhibitor's mixer that the Podtails team had organized the night before, and everyone was much more energetic then, so that was nice. Okay. At the end of this, I just want to give a huge shout out to the organizers of Podtails. It was an incredible event. And in this rambling tale, I think I've only covered a minuscule part of it. And of course, only from my very limited perspective. And there were so many things happening that I was not aware of. And so many wonderful people that I didn't even talk to that I wanted to talk to. But the organization was amazing, and just the coming together and the spirit of this event was just stunning. And a final thank you to the volunteers, because they were just incredible, helpful and interested and funny and brilliant. So I am just stunned by this community and how amazing it is. <sighs> okay, this is it for me from my Airbnb in Boston. 
I am flying home to Sweden in a few hours, and I have had the most incredible adventure. Should you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at Karen Haim. That's K-A-R-I-N-H-E-I-M. Or my show at Y2KPod, and that's the number two. I am also going to repeat this whole table experience at Pod UK in Birmingham on February 1st, 2020. So hopefully I will have learned some stuff from all of this, and it would be great to see you there. Thank you so much for listening to my post-festival ramblings, and huge thank you to the Audio Drama Hub podcast for having me. Talk again soon, I hope. <laughs> Bye!